Welcome to MTG Ectoplasm, your home for spirit travel and magic the gathering. On this episode, we're talking Spirit Squadron. Also, Wansi wants to turn some lead into gold called alchemy and then finally the shout out section where i'm looking for the best of the best the cream of the crop the creme de la creme are you excited because i am so let's get this thing started shall we let's go Ladies and gentlemen, for joining me on this episode, I am your host, White, aka DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Let me know how am I doing. Am I doing a good job, a bad job, or I shouldn't quit my day job? And then finally, MTG Ectoplasm.com, where I put the latest and greatest episodes. And if you want to donate or sponsor an episode like this one, you can do that there. Now, like I ask you each and every single week, I beg, I plore, I plead. On bended knee and my hands together, do me a favor. There's a follow, like, subscribe button somewhere on the left-hand side or on the right-hand side. Wherever side it is, hit it for me. It lets you know when the latest and greatest episode gets posted. And it lets me know how many people are actually listening. And then finally, don't forget to tell your friends and family about the show. If they're into magic, they'll enjoy it. If there's the spirits, they'll definitely like it now ladies and gentlemen i know that usually i try to do two episodes a week i want to apologize i want to humbly apologize because i i have been unable to do so and i hate to blame my wife the ravishing renata but i have to tell the truth the ravishing renata had to have uh, a particular surgery done uh we had to deal with her jaw we had you know it was a very long and complicated procedure she spent almost four and a half hours five hours underneath the knife uh but she's now uh back home recovering and that's what i was doing me as a nurse i had to sit there and take care of my wonderful wife so for those out there you know how it is family first before anything else now also, let me begin by saying, I want to thank you, the thousands and thousands of you, domestically and worldwide, making my last episode the most listened to episode in MTG Ectoplasm history. I can't believe it. I had Douglas Rosa on discussing uh, Legacy Spirits in uh, from Crimson Vow and how it would play out. Let me just tell you, Thank you, thank you, thank you coming out in droves listening to that. Now, I don't know if it's a fact that it's Douglas Rosa showing up on the show. I do not know if it's just because it's legacy or you just want to hear comes from Val or it's just because of humbly me. Now, personally, I'm not an arrogant or cocky individual, but I want to say it's me. I'm hoping you go, yeah, it's you. It's all you. Now, the only way I can find that out, ladies and gentlemen, is if you reach out to me on MTG Ectoplasm on Twitter or email me, and maybe, you know, you can tell me. And if there are things you want to hear in the near future, in future episodes, you can share that there. Now, now, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for segment number one, number uno. And we're going to be talking about what? Innistrad, Crimson Vow. We're talking Spirit Squadron. That's right. Here in my formerly chocolatey stained fingers because I had nice cookie earlier before. Uh, unfortunately, the wife got upset because I could eat cookies and she's still stuck eating pureed food. But I have here in my hands Spirit Squadron from Crimson Vow Commander. Now, this is a beautiful, beautiful box. On the outside, you have uh, Millicent Restless Reverent on the cover. And then on the top, it just says, in a short crimson vow. On the bottom, there's really nothing there. And on the back, it states this. Believe in ghosts. Choose your commander and overcome both friend and foe in this definite multiplayer magic format. Summon Melissant and her battalion of flying spirits to escort your opponent to the afterlife. I like that. Even if your ghosts get 
exercise, new ones will materialize to take their place. Ooh. That sounds pretty badass, right? Then it says, Millicent, uh, restless reverend, uh, Millicent's hometown, a haven for those with nothing left to lose, was tragically destroyed. Very sad. She and her fellow townsfolk rose again as geist, and each with their own unfinished business. Okay. She now leads them across Innistrad, seeking vengeance each spirit desires. Sounds like a like a episode of Ghostbusters going on, like you know the movie Afterlife. The wife and I saw it pretty good. Now this uh, this box includes a hundred cards with fifteen new cards, mm. a dex box, ten double sided token cards, plus a life wheel, a strategy guide insert, and a reference card. So that's pretty neat. Now you're gonna go, Dwight. Are you gonna give that thing away? You know, I talked to the ravishing Renata, and uh, we may do something for our anniversary show uh, when we complete the one-year anniversary. And if we, uh, once we get there, this little bad boy here, I'm shaking it. Do you hear that? This little bad boy here, or bad girl, depending on you, uh, might be yours. Mm. Don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. I actually have a mine. Here in my deck box. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Because, uh, you know, I am a man of my word. I love me some spirits. And why would I not like me some spirit commander? Well, let me begin by discussing this. Millicent Restless Reverent. Well, this is one of four commander decks from the latest Innistrad block. Remember, we had uh, Midnight Hunt. Well, we had the witches, and then we had uh, some of, uh, I forget what else. It doesn't even matter to me. But then you had Crimson Vow that had the vampires, and then you had the spirits. Oh, that's right. You had the uh, zombies. That's right. Now, those were really, really, the these commander sets were really darn good. I'm going to get into that in just a bit and give you my overall thought on this. But I want to take you back earlier in 2021. Let's go into the rewind machine. And I'm not going to make a sound effect because my sound effects suck. But earlier in this year, we had Raynar the ever watchful with the foretell commandment, the com- uh, uh, ability. You know what? You open it up. It was fun. It was interesting to play. I found it terribly confusing. I I, I worked with it. I played against my fellow uh, friends, and I constantly got my ass whipped. And I was, like, slightly disappointed. Because usually my commander has always been Brago, Brago King Eternal. But then... Then Watsi, in their infinite wisdom, decided to come out with whom? Millicent. That's right, Millicent. She's out and about making destructive ways and saying, hey, I want revenge. I just had to take Millicent out to read it to you. Millicent is five generic, all one white and a blue. Legendary creature, spirit soldier, that is a 4-4. It reads, this spell costs one less to cast for each spirit you control. That's pretty good. It has flying, and whenever Millicent, Restless, Reverent, or another non-spirit you control dies or deals combat damage to a player, create a 1-1 spirit creature token with flying. Let me just tell you. It's pretty good. The reason why I say it's pretty good, ladies and gentlemen, is because the more spirits you throw out there, the more spirits you end up creating, the cheaper it gets. And yes, you know, when the, let's say Millicent dies and you got to pay that two mana tax. Well, guess what? The tax gets paid with more spirits that are on the battlefield. So, for example, if Millicent ends up costing you nine, well, 
if you have nine spirits on the battlefield, it only costs you a white and a blue. Not bad. Not bad at all. Now, com- you know, comparing Millicent to Raynar the Ever Watchful, I'm going to be quite sincere with you. Millicent is the commander for me. This is my personal choice. Like I say, like in every uh, thing I say, it's subjective. Not objective here. It's subjective. It's just my point of view. And if you disagree with me, that's quite okay. You can reach out to me at MTG Ectoplasm and share your thoughts. Now, this Mellicent deck is hands down the better spirit deck in 2021. Now, am I disappointed there's no more spirit decks coming out or commander decks? Slightly. But you know what? It, we, we were spoiled as a spirit community from the very beginning, because in the beginning of the year, we had Kaldheim. And as we went through, we had more spirits, more spirits, more spirits. Unfortunately, we didn't get a commander until now. So the, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, well, we sealed the end of the year. We sealed the year with spirits. Now, my overall thoughts with Spirit Squadron, where I was going before. In this recent return to Innistrad, be quite sincere with you. It's the weaker of the four. It hurts me. It pains me to say this, but it is the weaker of the four. Hands down, the one that I think is amazing is the zombie one, then followed by the vampire. I think those are hand-in-hand the best ones. But then I would consider spirits, and then I would consider the witch one. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this deck can hold its own. And for fun play, I'm not going to tell you, oh, you should get this for CEDH. Mm-mm. And for those wondering what CEDH means, it just means Commander uh, uh, Elder Dragon Highlander, the competitive commander. Do I think this is meant for competitive commander? No, not one bit. This is just for fun. And if you're a spirit person, uh, you know, I would consider it. I hands down, I would consider it. Now, there are three ways you can use Millicent. Three ways. The first way is to go wide. The second way, the second way is bouncing opponents' creatures, and the third is tapping your opponents' creatures. Now, for me, if I'm going to end up bouncing creatures, the second way. I'm going to use Brago, King Eternal. It only makes sense. That's what he's meant to do. Now, going wide, ooh, that's Millicent's forte. Because the more spirits you end up playing, oh, the more spirits you end up getting. And the fact that you can use this hands down as a straight-up, streamlined spirit tribal deck. If you like spirits and you just want to play with a deck with endless supplies of spirits, hands down, this is the commander deck for you. Now, tapping, eh, I'm going to be quite honest and sincere with you. It left me wanting. Truly, it left me wanting. And this is why. Because Millicent does nothing for tapping. Hands down, there's a couple cards in there that you could use for tapping, uh, like Shacklegeist. But then you'd have to put Nubblegast Herald. Uh, there's a, oh, God, there's a spirit from back in the day where you tap two creatures and it, and it taps a creature. And that was a spirit from old school. I think it was from uh, Tempest. But tapping, tapping your creature, it, it's okay. It's not a bad mechanic or a bad ability to do or use. But I'm a person that likes to go in for the jugular, you know, spread out my team, get them nice and fat and juicy, and then go in and smash my opponent over the head. Now, like I said, the deck comes with Millicent and then has a partnership commander in Rhoda, Geist Avenger, and Timon, Youthful Geist. This is a human and a spirit joined together at the hip as partners 
and going out there and kicking ass. Now, if you're about tapping and you want to tap your opponent's creatures, this is the tag team duo that you want to use. What happens is whenever you tap a creature, Rhoda ends up getting a plus one, plus one. Timmin, on the other hand, taps your opponent's creatures. So you see the synergy between both. You tap a creature with Timmin, oh, and then Rhoda gets bigger. But that's up to you. It's subjective. I personally like Millicent the most. You'll hear me browbeat you to death with it. But why don't you pick up a box and try it out for yourself? Now, while playing this, I, I opened the box. I was at my local LGS, and I played it. And I had a great time, sincere time. But I knew to, I noticed there were certain flaws in the deck, and they were like, you know what? There are a couple cards that I need to remove and then add. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to give you five cards that I think, hands down, you should add, and then one honorable mention, just because it's a pricey card. The first one I'm going to tell you about is Cemetery Illuminator. Cemetery Illuminator is one generic two blue for a two three flying spirit. Whenever Cemetery Illuminator enters the battlefield or attacks, exile a card from your graveyard. Now, mind you, when it enters the battlefield or attacks, you may look at the top card of your library at any time. Okay, cool. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's the next sentence, right? Once each turn, you may cast a spell from the top of your library if it shares a creature, uh, sorry, a card type with card exiled with Cemetery Illuminator. I love this card. I think it's a phenomenal card, especially in Commander, because graveyards are a resource as much as life is. If you're a new Magic the Gathering player, you may think life is a resource. Are you kidding me? Why would I want to give up my life to do things? Isn't the whole goal to maintain my life above my opponent so I can win? Yeah, it is. But there's sometimes spells that you can use to make them cheaper, to make it more efficient for you to get the victory by using life. But in this sense, we're talking about graveyards. Excuse me there, I had to get something to drink. <clears throat> now, when it comes to graveyard shenanigans, EDH is known for graveyard shenanigans. Hands down, there are so many graveyard recursion things that happen it, I think it's a moral imperative to at least have at least in any commander deck between five to eight pieces of graveyard cards to get rid of, you know, help, help you get rid of certain key cards in graveyards. And Cemetery Eliminator does that by when it enters the battlefield or attacks. Now, the benefit with this card is that if you have, let's say, a rattle chains on the battlefield, also the deck comes in with a, uh, an enchantment for four mana, one blue, three, and then all your spirits have flash, just like rattle chains. So, if your top card, say if you exiled a creature, from your opponent's library, or graveyard, I'm sorry, and it happens to be a creature, and you look at the top card of your library, and it's a creature, and you have rattle chains on the board, or that enchantment that I'm speaking about, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's go time, baby. That means you can play that creature card from the top of your library at the end of your opponent's turn, and they're not going to like that. They're going to be quite annoyed. 
Because that's what Rattle Chains does. That's what spirits do. We like to play things on our opponent's turn, not on our turn. We, we, we play magic a little bit differently over here, right? Now, Cemetery Illuminator does this for us, gives us the cop opportunity. And it, it, it's like a free, I'm not going to say free card draw, but it does give you true card advantage. So the one of the cards that I would definitely add in into this commander deck is Cemetery Illuminator. Now, the following card that I would put in, kind of funny, actually came from Crimson Vow. And that's Catilda Dawnheart Martyr. Now, Catilda is a double-sided card. And Catilda reads, one, uh, one generic and two white, legendary creature, spirit, warlock. It has flying, lifelink, and protection from vampires. Realistically, unless we're playing against a vampire deck, that part doesn't really matter. But the flying lifelink, eh, I like that. Now, Catilda Donhart uh, Martyr, power and toughness are equal to the number of permanents you control that are spirits or enchantments. Well, if Millicent is creating spirits for you, why would we not want to put this this individual in, Catilda, so she can sit there and wreck shop? Makes sense. If Millicent's going to make us creatures, and we have a creature here that's going to get buffed up because of all the spirits that Millicent is making, I'd be brain dead not to put it in. Now, it also has Disturbed. It has three generic and two white, and for the Disturbed, it has... I'm flipping the card around. And it becomes Catilda's Rising Dawn. A legendary enchantment aura. This enchant creature reads as following. Enchanted creature has flying, lifelink, and protection from vampires. And it gets X plus X plus X, where X is the number of permanents you control that are spirits and your enchantments. So it's the same thing as Catilda. The only difference is when it dies, you pay the five mana and your creature becomes like her, like Catilda. Now, if Catilda, Rising Dawn, would be put into the graveyard from anywhere, exile it. Well, you're okay, fine. I'll exile it. Not a problem. But think about that, ladies and gentlemen. We can turn a simple little 1-1 one, one creature into possibly a 9-9, a 10-10 flying lifelinker. I truly, truly feel bad for your opponent. Now, the next card I want to add into the deck is because, you know what, there was piecework of creature removal, but not enough of mass removal. And I thought to myself, oh, it's time to go back into the Wayback Machine and look. And I found one. And it's called March of Souls. This is a sorcery from four generic and of white. It's five mana. It's a little expensive, but you'll understand why in a second. Destroy all creatures, even our own. They can't be regenerated, which is a positive. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller puts a plus uh, puts a one one flying spirit creature token with flying into the battlefield. So the world is filled with spirits. Well, ladies and gentlemen, how's that bad for us? Because that means we can get Millicent out, and we can start attacking. I don't know about you, but I like that. And especially that it's a board wipe, it comes in handy. Because you know how some EDH games go, some commander games. Sometimes they go long, there's all these things out there, and you're stuck there twiddling your thumbs like, oh, I wish I had something here to help me out. And I'm telling you, March of Souls is one of those key cards that you should consider. Now, the next one, I think some of you are going to go, really? Really? And it's kind of funny. Actually, one of my guests on the show, I believe it was Tuesday-tastic, he came on the show and he was talking about a 
particular enchantment aura that he put on a creature, and I thought it was terribly brilliant. And I thought to myself, well, ladies and gentlemen, if selfless spirit isn't in this deck, then selfless spirit needs to be put into this deck to be part of the spirit tribe. But there's another card. Gift of the Immortality. Gift of Immortality reads, it's too generic and a white enchant creature. Whenever enchanted creature dies, return that card onto the battlefield under your control. Return Gift of Immortality to the battlefield attached to the creature at the beginning of the next end step. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you put that on Selfless Spirit, and then you sacrifice Selfless Spirit, what happens? Your whole battle, your whole field, your whole board gets indestructible. And then Selfless Spirit returns onto the battlefield, and then Gift of Immortality goes back onto Selfless Spirit. So guess what? Board white happens, not a problem. You, Everybody loses their creatures, and you sit there with a battlefield full of spirits, and they're going, mm, my life sucks. It's a simple little cute combo. You can put this on other cards, too, to make other shenanigans. Now, finally, after the five, well, the, the last of the five, it took me a while to think. I'm like, what card could I put in here? What could, what could I do to help out board wipes or people trying to return cards or do something silly with my board state? <coughs> Excuse me. And I thought, Guardian of Faith. That's right. A card that just came out in the last, well, it came out with the D&D set earlier this year. Guardian of Faith, one white, I'm sorry, one generic, two white, is a 3-2 flash vigilant spirit knight. And it reads, when Guardian of Faith enters the battlefield, any number of other target creatures you control phase out. Ladies and gentlemen, that also means tokens. The benefit of this is that when they phase back in, oh, that's right, your tokens come back. Different from when they get killed or exiled. No, ladies and gentlemen, these spirits come back. The tokens come back. It basically is a reset for you, and the board goes, oh, come on, man. Are you kidding me? I'm stuck here, twiddling my thumbs again, and your spirits just refuse to die. Well, hell, their spirits, they're not supposed to die, right? And then finally <clears throat> is my honorable mention card. I only bring this up because it's a money make. It's a money card. Last time I checked, it was about a $25 card. It was like a TCG player, I think it was. And it's Kindred Discovery. Kindred Discovery. It's three generic and two blue. It's an enchantment and it reads, as Kindred Discovery enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Well, ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know the creature type that I'm going to mention, then... Uh, really? We're going to choose spirits, obviously. Spirits. Whenever a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. You heard that right, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever a creature, a creature you control of the chosen type enters the battlefield or attacks, draw a card. But ladies and gentlemen, you're going to be drawing a lot. That's why that's a money card right there. And hands down, in this deck, your hand's going to empty out pretty quickly. So you're going to want to 
quick reset. You want to sit there and have something in your hands to draw so you don't fall behind against other players. I really like these cards. I really like this deck. I'm a big fan of this deck. Now, do I think it's the best Spirit Commander deck yet? But it's fun. I built my CEDH Brago. I actually have a great time with it. I love smashing opponents in the face. But sometimes you just want to sit back, relax, and have something where you go, I just want to have fun. Yeah, I want to win. I don't want to lose. But I don't want people getting pissed off at me all the time. And I just want to play just a just a tribal deck just to get it out of my system. You know what? I'm going to actually tell you, I personally recommend this deck, Spirit Squadron. If you're a novice at Spirits, this gives you an opportunity to learn the tribe, to understand what Spirits is all about. For the individual who's been playing Spirits for quite some time, you'll go, you know what? I enjoy playing Spirits, so why would I not want to add a Tribal Spirits Commander deck to my portfolio? It only makes sense. Now, do I hope Watsy ends up eventually coming up with other Spirit Commanders? Of course. Of course. I can't get enough. And just maybe in Kamigawa block, we just might end up seeing a new one. But time will only tell. So there, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. You tell me your thoughts. Reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com or uh, our mtgectoplasm on uh, Twitter and let me know your thoughts on Millicent Restless Reverend. Now, it's time for segment number two. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, segment number two. Numero dos. Now, I had to get out my little cue card because... This was something that just popped up just recently. I think it caught a lot of Magic players by surprise, and I don't blame them. I don't blame them for one bit because I'm thinking of myself. Arena is a pretty damn good digital form, a build, digital way of playing Magic the Gathering, just like MTGO. But then they decided, you know what, we have standard, we have historic blowing up, taking out, like becoming potentially the next new modern. And then they decided, you know what, since standard is just meh. Why don't we just shake it up? Why don't we space it up? Why don't we give you know give it some type of love or change it around and we'll call it alchemy? We're turning this piece of lead into gold. Now, if this is the first time you're hearing about alchemy, let me tell you what it is exactly. This is a new digital format only on Arena. It starts tomorrow, December 9th. It includes all standard, and it will rotate the same time in standard. So, if you're playing historic, guess what? You don't have to worry about it. Alchemy is alchemy. If you're playing standard, you don't have to worry. Alchemy is alchemy. Okay, it's a whole separate monster. If you want to play standard, you play standard. You want to play um, historic, you play historic. If you want to play alchemy, you just play alchemy. Now you're going to go, well, Dwayne, if you're telling me this, what the hell's the difference between standard and alchemy? It's this. You know how they, they create these magic cards and they put them in fire design, which means they try to break the cards and make them as busted as they can. And if it gets too busted, they ban the card immediately in standard, right? Well, they want to they, they don't want that to happen in 
arena. And the reason why they don't want to happen in arena is the fact that they feel like you're investing so much time, money, and energy into these cards, they'd rather revise the card. They'd rather change it, rebalance the card. So you continue playing the cards that you particularly own. So let me continue. Alchemy will have regularly rebalancing cards, meaning if the card is too strong, they're going to go, we're going to fix it up. We're going to change a line here or two or add or subtract, so on and so forth. And we're going to make it weaker. And if certain cards are too weak, they're going to go, we're going to bump it up and change it. So it's a two-way street. Certain cards will get stronger, and most of the time, many cards will get weaker. Now, this will also incorporate digital-only mechanics. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. For those who don't know, Perpetuity is a, a digital, me- uh, digital mechanic that's only available currently on Historic, soon to find its way into Alchemy. Now, they will also add supplemental cards with each premiere set. <clears throat> Meaning, we just had Crimson Val just released, right? What they're going to end up doing is they're going to take maybe, what, 10, 15, 25 cards and go, we didn't put this in Crimson Val, but here's Alchemy. Boop, there you go. And this will separate standard from alchemy and enjoy i'm going to get into that in a little bit the whole point of alchemy is that it's not replacing standard standard will continue being its own thing but rebalancing is what this is for and they're only rebalancing digital not your regular paper magic. Now, they're going to end up doing this rebalancing once a month. That's their goal. They want to rebalance cards once a month. They're going to also look at the power levels and try to justify how to do it. They feel that it's necessary that once a set gets released, they're going to end up in the first week going to go, okay, this is going to get tweaked, this is not going to get tweaked, so on and so forth, and they're going to keep it moving. They want to do this early so the meta, that format, can stay consistent. They don't want to change the meta. They don't want to warp the meta in alchemy. Now, the way you're going to know that you're playing alchemy or if a particular card got rebalanced is that in the top right, sorry, top left-hand corner where that name line is, where you, like, for example, Melisent Restless Reverent, right before Melisent, you're going to see this weird mythic colored A. And that's going to let you know that something got changed. The mana cost, some type of warning, or the power level, ended up getting changed now there's certain examples they ended up giving us now they ended up giving us certain particular cards hold on no let me go back i'm not i'm not going to do cards i'm going to tell you give you examples of particular cards that are right now that they're going to end up changing for for example gold span dragon on gold span dragon they're going to end up removing the line because uh, becomes the target of spells. Now you're going to see that on your paper card, but you're not going to see it on arena or sorry on alchemy. Faceless Havian, something that you mono blue snow build spear players use. It's going to be a three three now instead of a four three. And then Omnes Omnath Locust Creation. It becomes a one mana more 
And instead of drawing a card, you get to scry for one. So as you see, the power level went down a little bit. Now, these are certain cards that the power level went up. For example, Cosmo Elixir. It originally read, uh, you gain two life. Now, you gain two life and scry one. Not bad. Then you got Druid and Wizard class. Now, this is two mana less because it was originally five mana. One was a, a four and a green. The other one was a four and a blue. So now it's, they're both either uh, two generic and a blue or two generic and a green. And you pay that two mana less to get to level three. And then finally, Demi-Lich. Demi-Lich was originally printed as a 4-3 in Alchemy. It becomes a 4-4. So now you're hearing what I'm trying to tell you. The power levels goes down and up. Now, as I mentioned before in the very beginning, they're going to add particular cards. They're going to incorporate supplemental cards. I'm giving you two examples of these supplemental cards, and I hate to tell you, the power level on this it's stupid powerful. Stupid powerful. The first card is Taurus Disciple. It with four Taurus Disciple. It's two generic and a red. It's a human wizard that's a three three. Not bad for three mana. It also has haste. Wow. Not bad. Whenever Taurus Disciple attacks, this is the key part you want to hear. Conjure four cards named Lightning Bolt into your library, then shuffle your library. That's right. You heard that right. Conjure four cards named Lightning Bolt into your library, then shuffle your library. So if your deck did not have Lightning Bolt, guess what? They do now. And then when you attack again, it adds four more lightning bolts. And you attack a third time. Now, if you didn't draw any lightning bolts, you have a total of 12 lightning bolts added into your deck. Total. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, the next card is Begin Anew. This is a green and a green, a white and a white sorcery. Destroys all creatures. You're like, so what? Who cares? This is the next one. This is the key card, right? Key sentence here. Creature cards in your hand perpetually get plus one, plus one. That's nuts. You're telling me I do a board wipe, then all my creatures get plus one, plus one? I wish that was an actual magic card. I could actually see me playing this in a deck. Now, would I see it in modern? No. Or, you know, the, the Taurus Disciple? <laughs> yeah, I might see that in uh, might see that in Pioneer. Just saying. But those are the cards they're adding. And some of these cards are so powerful. They end up showing... Uh, a planeswalker too this week ladies and gentlemen i'm going to give you my thoughts i think this format alchemy is going to be terribly terribly popular people are going to love it they're going to go wow look at this power level because we all like power levels we when we when we see something in that is different from the norm boom we automatically want to try it out and I think people are going to go, you know what? I think Historic's going to lose some of, its, some of its edge. And I think Alchemy is going to be the more popular format on Arena. But I also think that players are going to end up getting annoyed because they're going to look at their cards and go, hey, you're kidding me? I have cards in my hand. I have all these wonderful cards in my hand. And now... On the digital, it doesn't read the same. What am I going to do with these cards in my hand? Well, that's something you got to consider, ladies and gentlemen. These are digital, not cards in hand. 
This only affects alchemy. Alchemy, that's it. That one little format. That's all. the only thing that's going to separate anything from anything is that just this little one format. And because it's this little format, I think it's just going to make people think twice about Arena. Because I know most people right now are fearful. They're like, this rebalancing is not fair. This rebalancing, you know, I paid for a particular card. The card should be what, as it reads, enough said. Sorry, it's not going to be that way. Some people are like, is this going to kill paper? Of course it's not going to kill paper. Magic the Gathering has been around for over 28 years. Paper is not going to die. It's too collectible. People like myself or people, other collectors, high-end collectors, let me just say the whales. I'm far from a whale. Hell, I'm not even a dolphin. They're not going to let this happen. They're going to scream from the roofs and say, hell no. But I think it's going to annoy a lot of players, and I think it's going to confuse a lot of new players because they're not going to understand why the cards they bought at the local LGS doesn't match the particular cards online. Now, the cool thing is you don't have to worry. Like, say if you get one of these cards that they end up rebalancing. If you play standard or historic, you don't have to worry about nothing. You're going to get the original printing of the card. The only time you're going to see a difference is when you play alchemy. So say if you have a play set, for example, where's this one card? Where did I put it? There it is. Say you have gold, uh, gold span dragon, right? And you play this in historic. Or you play it in standard. It's going to still read the same. The only time it changes is in alchemy. So I don't want you going out there fretting, going, oh, my God, Watsy's doing this. They're destroying the format. They're killing everything. Gosh darn, Watsy. Why can't Watsy leave damn things alone? Well, they're just trying to spice things up. They don't like how people don't play standard. They're getting frustrated that uh, we as a community are liking historic, you know, a modern. We're starting to get back into the swing of things with Pioneer. They want more money, I'm going to be honest with you. Big Poppy Hasbro says make money, and Watsy has to do what they got to do to make money. So share your thoughts with me mtgectoplasm at gmail.com or mtgectoplasm on Twitter about my thoughts on alchemy. Now, finally, segment number three, numero tres. It's the shout-out section where I'm looking for the best of the best, the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme. And if you didn't make it this time, have no fear, have no worry. We, the Spirit Squad, we, the community, the Spirit Squadron, will be sitting here rooting for you so you can eventually get there. All right, so starting December 8th, 2021. Ooh, historic. First place was a player who used an Azorius build. I don't know who you are, but if you are listening, you're a platinum, platinum mythic rank player. I wish Watsu would allow me to know who you are so I can keep on shouting you out. But if you listen to the podcast, you inside can go, hey, I'm that Platinum Mythic Rank player, and I'm kicking ass with this deck, and thank you. Now in Pioneer, December 2nd, this player went 5-0 with a BAMP build, and that's Gobrian. Gobrian. Now December 3rd, 2021, first place in a mono blue snow build, 
It's an individual, I'm assuming from Japan. It's Suga Kyoturo. Suga Kyoturo. Now, if I'm mispronouncing that, I'm sorry. Now, December 5th, first place with a BAMP build. That's Popov Stanislav. Stanislav. Popov Stanislav. Okay. Congratulations. And then December 6th, 5 0 with a mono blue snow build. Hiro Suke. Congratulations for kicking ass in historic and pioneer. And then finally. In modern, November 30th, 5-0 with a BAMP build, Dr. Queller. Then a 5-0 Azorius, uh, 5-0 with Azorius, it's Peshiring, Peshiring. And then finally, December 3rd, 5-0 with a BAMP build, Dr. Queller again. Thank you, individuals, for sitting there kicking ass, taking names, and making sure people know that, you know, Spirits is the best deck in modern. Now, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I want to apologize for not giving you the spirit content that I, I normally like to do, give you twice a week. But like I said, I've been taking care of my wife. But I want to thank you, the listener, for coming through, listening to past podcasts, and listening to current podcasts. Uh, what I will say is that I do have an announcement that the 75th episode of my, uh, of my show is coming up. I'm going to have a special guest. That's right. He's a modern master. He pl- lives in the, you know, the frozen tundra of, I'm not going to say the country, because then you may go, oh, I know that fishy guy. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you know who I'm talking about, I'm going to end up having this gentleman on my 75th episode. Now, some of you have reached out to me, email, are you talking about uh, yada yada? I'm like, of course, I'm not going to tell you. The only way you're going to find out is maybe next week, uh, next episode. Ooh. So this forces you to come on next week to, or next episode to listen to the show so you can find out whom exactly am I talking about. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show and the next time you're kicking your opponent's ass make sure they say that's bushy i'm out of here